Pedal Shift Tour Journals, Volume 5, California Coast. Welcome to the pre-ride report for my ride from uh, the San Francisco Bay Area to roughly the Los Angeles area with a fast forward in between. I've spent a fair amount of time detailing the ride in past episodes of the Pedal Shift Project, so be sure to check out episodes 46 and 47 at minimum, and there's actually a couple of others as well talking about my Brompton setup that I think will be helpful for you as well. Talk a little bit more about it for the pre-ride report too, so here we go. On uh, Monday, the 18th of April, I'm going to be flying into San Francisco International Airport, SFO, for you uh, acronym types. And um, I, I think it's going to be pretty well-trodden territory. Um, the one element to this tour that is, I suppose, a little bit different than past tours. I've, I've flown to the West Coast with a bike before, uh, but it's almost always with my full-size bike. This time, I'm going to be flying with the Brompton, and of course, there's that added element of, I like to get it in the overhead. Now, I spend a lot of time talking about this, but um, I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum, because I know a lot of folks out there don't probably care too much about um, the ins and outs of traveling with a Brompton. It's such a specific bike, and it's such a specific thing. But it is the first challenge that I'm going to face um, to get it on as a carry-on. I feel pretty good about what I've done to get prepared for it um, because if it, I'm unable to get it into the overhead, I think that's unlikely, but if it, it is possible, I'm prepared for it. So almost all of my gear is going to be going in what I like to call my mega duffel. It is when completely full I think a little bit larger than the 62 linear inches that most airlines call uh, undersize. Uh, but for the most part, because it's never completely rigid and perfect, um, I never had a problem flying with it, even when it's packed pretty much to the gills. And um, it's very helpful. It will get my front pannier, which is going to be that Ortlieb um, back roller the luggage frame that's going to be attached to that, and the backpack. And I should be undersized. I should be underweight. I have not fully pulled everything together to do that uh, weight check, but I will definitely be doing that before the weekend. But that is where I'm going with that. I did, as I mentioned in the uh, episode 47 of the Pedal Shift Project, I did get the United Early, I think they call it Premier Access or something, some corporate name for it. Basically, I paid them 29 bucks to put me towards the front of the line in terms of boarding. A lot of airlines do this, but for some reason, I find this one particularly abusive. I don't know why. I fly United a fair amount, um, mostly because uh, it's convenient because there's a major hub in the D.C. area at Dulles Airport, and San Francisco is a hub. So, you know, I can get there from National Airport, which is way more convenient for me living in uh, uh, close to downtown Washington, D.C. Um, so the uh, early boarding should be good. I should be in the overhead pretty easily so long as the United flight crew doesn't um, ding me for having the bike. Now, I've never flown United with a Brompton before. I've flown a bunch of different airlines. I've flown internationally, as I've counted many times on the podcast, but never United. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. I expect this flight will be very full. It's an 8.30 a.m. flight. It's a direct flight. It's a gr it's really the gr best way to get to San Francisco from Washington, D.C., in my opinion. Uh, great flight. I've flown it probably a half a dozen times, maybe more throughout uh, my time here in the D.C. area. And it's a really good one. Uh, and there, it's popular. There's a lot of people on it. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, the jet is a 757-300 model. That's a Boeing model. And I originally thought it was a 737 that so many other airlines use, including Alaska and a few others that I've flown before. And when I realized that it's a 757-300, I realized, oh, I don't know if my Brompton will technically fit in this. I did some research, did not find anybody naming the 757 
by name and number, uh, but I did do a little more research and I found that the 757-300, I know this is such <laughs> such detail, actually does have a relatively large by industry standards uh, overhead bin. So I feel like that it's very likely that the Brompton should fit in there, no problem. The fact that I'm going to be uh, towards the front of the line with all of this and in the back of the plane, I should have plenty of spots for it. So I feel pretty confident about that. Uh, we'll see how it goes. So the next challenge is really not much of a challenge, and that is I'm going to be getting an Uber from SFO to the coast someplace, probably Half Moon Bay, because that's actually the most direct shot given the way the roads are. Um, it's relatively cheap. It's about 30, maybe maybe 40 bucks, depending on how things go, and it'll be probably the best way to do it. I, I, I struggle with this a little bit in the sense that I sort of prefer to ride everywhere I go when possible, but knowing the trafficy nature around SFO and the fact that Highway 101 is kind of a barrier between me and then these ginormous hills, and then, of course, the uh, getting to the coast, I, I basically would have had to ride all the way up to San Francisco pretty much and then turn right around and get go over. And when all was said and done, I was like, you know, I'd rather be more efficient. I'd rather take advantage of getting a ride from there. It buys me a little more time on that first day. I'll have you know, flown across the country. I've got some setup I've got to do to kind of piece all of the stuff together. So I think I've made the piece with going with an Uber to Half Moon Bay. I'll probably go to a Safeway in Half Moon Bay and uh, get some gear, get some stuff together and be able to have all of the things that I need before I go to the Half Moon Bay campsite. My recollection is that the California parks from about that point south they have uh, check-in times where you can't check in very early there. They, they, they're they kind of weird about it. Now, it's pretty early in the season being April, so I don't know if that's something they do year-round. I guess I'll find out. But I found, especially the further south you went, the, the I don't want to, how do I say this right? It, the, the rangers got to be a little bit nasty about it, as if I was trying to game the system by showing up at 3.30 instead of 4.30 or whatever. And it was always just a little bit weird. This is what happened two years ago. So. I know they're doing it to police a lot of the kind of uh, mayhem that happens in some of these parks. I guess the hiker biker areas have a bit of a reputation. Who knows? Anyways, uh, we'll see what time I can get into Half Moon Bay, uh, the park at least, and get the tent pitched and everything like that because uh, Mysterious James is going to be joining me at some point where we still haven't kind of figured out exactly when that is. We'll play that up by ear. It's really not that big of a deal. But that's where he's going to meet me at Half Moon Bay State Park. And that's uh, that's basically night number one. That's going to be Monday. On Tuesday, um, of course, I'm going to be recording uh, more, a couple, at least a couple of episodes, uh, maybe even from the airport and things like that, just to give you a little bit of an idea of how things are going. And uh, of course, all of you have the feed. If you're listening to this, you've got the feed. Um, Santa Cruz will be the end point roughly on Tuesday. Uh, my recollection is that you cycle through Santa Cruz, which is just a gorgeous, cool town. A lot of stuff going on there. And then there's a park on the other side of it a few miles away. So um, that should be pretty cool. Uh, the next day, it's a ride to Monterey, which is actually a relatively short ride, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there is a pretty big climb going up to Vets Memorial Park, which is where uh, the campsite is most likely going to be. There's also a, a hostel option in Monterey, but I, I assume that James and I are probably going to camp, so we'll go up to Vets Memorial Park. It's uh, really great. Monterey is a great town, and I'm really looking forward to that, um, getting all set up up there and then coming back down the hill and maybe uh, grabbing some beers and some dinner down there. 
After that, it you know, I I don't want to get too planny from there. I mean, we've got Big Sur. We could split that up into a couple of days if we want. We could zoom right through. It just sort of depends on what the weather's like and how we're feeling. But we've got Big Sur. We've got San Luis Obispo. And then there's some choices. And I wanted to outline the choices a little bit more here in the pre-ride report just to give you a little bit of an idea of what I'm thinking. I mentioned before that I have a fast forward that I have to take at some point, and that's hopping on the Pacific Surfliner on Amtrak and carting my butt down to somewhere in Southern California. I don't have enough time to bike at all unless I'm doing the crazy mileage days, days that I'm just not interested in doing. I'd rather do it at a more even-keeled clip. I'm on a smaller bike. I'd just like to enjoy this a little bit more. This is not some kind of batan death march to get me to LA. That's not the point of this. So uh, fast forward and option number one that I have would be to go from roughly the San Luis Obispo area and take the train down to Santa Barbara and doing that in time so that I've got a couple of additional nights. So that would happen. I guess I would uh, overnight Monday night, the following Monday night in Carpinteria, California, which is one of my favorite small towns uh, in all of California, if not the entire West Coast. I really love that town. And I'd bike to Malibu the next day or near Malibu to Leo Carrillo State Park. And that would be an overnight there. And then on Tuesday, uh, I think, well, you know what? I think that would be Sunday night and Monday night. Yes, I got let me get the days right. So the following Sunday night and Monday night. So that the next day, Tuesday, when I woke up, I'm about 38 mile, uh, miles or so from LAX. And I think that that's a completely reasonable thing to do. My flight doesn't leave until about 12.55 p.m. West Coast time. That's great. I should have plenty of time to be able to do it. Maybe I'd allow myself five hours just to give myself that little bit of extra bit. Try to get there, you know, uh, around noon or so and uh, be all ready. Check the bag, fold up the bike, get on the plane and go. So that's option number one. I like that because I really like Carpinteria. I really like that Leo Carrillo campground. The only thing that would maybe stop me from doing that is if maybe it's a difference between biking with James longer or if weather or something else gets in the way. That's that's Those would be two factors why I would consider changing from that. Option number two that I figured out is basically just keep biking till I run out of time and then figure out the best way to LA. Um, I, I figure that I could probably get, if I kept a reasonable pace, get to pretty much Santa Barbara or so. Um, and then I can just decide, you know, I could get a one-way car rental. I could hop on the Amtrak. There's a lot of different options that are available to me. I'll figure that all out. Um, that's Honestly, probably the one that I'm leaning towards the most, with the possible exception of really digging Carpinteria and looking to go there. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think a lot depends on how the days go and uh, how many miles we end up doing. Planner in me likes uh, number one. The non-planner in me likes number two, and I'm sort of torn between them. I hope to do about two to three episodes a day of volume five of pedal shift tour journal so you get a real flavor of this ride that gives plenty of episodes i'm also of course going to be posting pictures on the pedal shift instagram facebook and twitter feeds i hope to have a really really good visualization and provide that to everybody um, who's not listening to this but for those of you who get to listen to tour journals volume five you'll get my uh, storytelling as well and possibly a little bit of mysterious james if he's not going to end up being on the Tour Journals Volume 5, I'm hoping that we will have a campfire chat at some point along the way. That will end up being episode 48 of the Pedal Shift Project, where we can just talk about bike touring in general and more about the California ride, because um, it's always good to ride with him. And I, I think that uh, people really dug his interview from uh, the end of 2015 that we did on the show. So that's it for the pre-ride report. Next episode, probably going to be in an airport someplace, talking about folding up a Brompton and flying with it. 